Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. I gotta take a moment here and I know I speak about our core group of people that help move firecracker department forward, but I just gotta take a moment here and really let you know what these people mean to me because I know that you have folks like this in your life. You know, we are born into families and those relationships come with their own level of complications. And then we have our chosen family. And that means like the friends that you choose to invest in or the friends that you are there for at four o'clock in the morning when they need you or are there for you when you need them. And I have to say the Firecracker Department core members are my chosen family. I don't say that lightly. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we're just one big happy family. I don't think we're one big happy family, but I certainly think that we're here for each other. We show up. If somebody needs something past creatively, if somebody needs something emotionally, there's somebody in the Firecracker Corps that will support each other and it's extraordinary. I know in the community we have that too and I really encourage you to not only lean on each other but also support each other. You know those days when you're feeling like you got a full tank, you know, creatively and emotionally, you're feeling great. Well, look for a way of reaching out to some firecrackers and uh, give them support. And if there's times where you're like, oh my gosh, my tank's a bit empty, I could use some support, whisper. Whisper into the firecracker department and I guarantee you somebody will hear you and we've got you. We're in your corner for those days that you think, what's it all about? Why am I moving forward on this creative project? All those things, when you just get stuck, firecracker department is here for each other and I'm really proud. I'm really proud to watch it develop the way it is. So my love, my love to the core members. I sure love you all. Speaking of awesome core members, I am so excited to tell you about our very first ever social justice department community workshop facilitated by, oh, I love these two so much, Sedna Fiati and Farah Marani. Now, Igniting Social Justice Part 1 is happening next week on Tuesday, October 5th from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. It's gonna be an introduction to the tools and strategies used to deepen you know, our journey in creating a better world. And I can't think of two better leaders than Sedna and Farah. Honestly, I would follow them anywhere. I just believe in them. There is gonna be a guaranteed lively discussion and deconstruction of you know, various social concepts with examples of how they show up in our world. This will be a virtual workshop so all our global firecrackers can join us. And to purchase a ticket to this invaluable workshop and for more details, head over to our social channels at firecrackerdept and the link will be in the show notes, of course. We have a sliding scale for ticket prices as we do for all our events, so check it out. And don't be shy, join in. Also, if you'd like to know a little more about Sedna and Farah, have a listen to their podcast interviews. Yeah, then you can get like the full hour of Sedna and Farah. These two beautiful, beautiful minds are just, they're just incredible. Okay. Now it's time for one of my favorite things, the Firecracker Shoutout. Hello, Firecrackers. I'm Catherine Gordier, shouting out from Cottage Country in Ontario, Canada. I've worn many hats in my career, marketing, performer, second assistant director, film producer, and most recently, author. Breathe, Cry, Breathe is my journey through grief, which brings me to why I want to give a big shout out to the amazing Lara Margaret Margerison. Lara is a spoken word poet, a speaker, and the brilliant author of Grief and Loss and Love and Sex. I love her because she's a warrior. She's recently opened an online gift shop featuring her unique collection of love warrior clothing and other items. Check it out at insidestories.ca. I also love her because she's not afraid to show the world exactly who she is, how she feels, and what she wants. Lara. 
don't stop doing what you're doing. We love you. And now it's Firecracker Spotlight time. We have a brand new Real Women's Network Creator Spotlight for you. Now we partnered with Real Women's Network, which is an online streaming service that showcases women filmmakers and content creators. And I sit down with one of the creators featured on the platform each month, and then I share it with you, and you can stream not only their shows and work from Real Women's Network, you can follow it up and listen to our chat. It's kind of like a full meal deal, you know? I've spoken with Crystal Chappelle, one of the co-founders of RWN, Andrea Evans, executive producer and longtime soap star, Emily Elfadli, queer filmmaker and editor from the UK, playwright, filmmaker, author, teacher, Brooke Berman, actor, director, writer, Tina Huang, writer, director, producer, actor, Merm Hassler, not to mention Firecracker Corps members like Far Marani, Emily Churchill, Assis Sethi. I know, right? That's a lot of amazing people all in one place. Go over to this platform and soak it in and then listen to their podcasts and find out even more about these amazing people. Now, our guest on our show today is award-winning actor-director-writer Miyosha Bean. Miyosha, founder of MVB Films, started filming and acting at the tender age of seven. What? I was collecting stickers at the age of seven. This is what Miyosha was doing. She was inspired by watching horror films with her older brother, and it grew from there. And after finishing acting and modeling school, Miosha started her journey into feature films, music videos, and promotional work. You know, as you do, as you build your career. And during this time, she worked with people including legendary pro boxer Roy Jones Jr., singer Keisha Cole, designer and artist Ron Bass, whose designs are worn by... Beyonce and Jay-Z, thank you very much. And also along the way, she became a successful cinematographer and editor. Now, Miosha wears a lot of hats, but she does it so well. Each one of these hats, she like, <laughs> I'm gonna keep on this hat analogy. She tilts the right way. She puts the right feather in it. She just does her jobs really, really well. And now speaking of hats, Miosha was voted the best upcoming director at the New Jersey Film Festival in 2012. Yeah. Other projects include The Untold Story of Mariano Mendoza, Miss Pepper, an award-winning short film that got over 30,000 views during its first week. What? I know. Horror film Delusion and Anatomy of an Antihero, Redemption. Winner of Best Film at the Los Angeles Film Festival, winner of the April Award at the New York Film Awards, winner of the Best Action Film at the Istanbul Film Awards. I mean, just to name a few. And that is also available on Real Women's Network. See what I'm saying? Go over to Real Women's Network. You're gonna just get your fill of inspiration. Okay, here we go. Here's my chat with Miosha Bean. I, I wanna know about where like little Miosha started. Like where did you begin your journey into horror? Well, you know, it's funny. I, 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 I remember watching Alpha Hitchcock presents and that's when I really fell in love with you know that the genre itself the horror genre yeah it, plus he did like short films so it was like these short yeah. stories and I was like I want to do that like I want to make short stories like that because they were just so brilliant they were just they were so good and that kind of gave me the confidence to definitely explore that world more and I just fell in love with but it. I read that you started when you were like seven exploring that world of horror Yes. Like, can you can you take me back a little bit and explain to me the story of like little Miosha exploring 
my my brother uh he 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 likes to watch a lot of scary movies too and i would just watch it with him you know i'm the baby so we would watch like the exorcism and like i would see this kind of stuff poltergeist when i was like Mm -hmm. a kid i was fascinated i was fascinated with that world i was fascinated with just i started like scaring people i don't know i just was really a little devious little kid not bad i was just i i had my ways so, and yeah. my parents, they thought, you know, they were like, all right, there's something to this. You know, we'd have like these little VHS tapes and I would mm-hmm. use them and I would like explore and I'm the baby. So my brothers and sisters didn't want to play with me. So that became my friend, <laughs> you know, and that's how yeah. I developed that more when I was a kid. So. Oh, I completely get that. I have an older brother and for the <laughs> longest time I was like, whatever he's doing, I'm going to do. That's just right. how it goes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And were your parents supportive of this journey along the way? Or were they like, oh, you know, we're a little bit concerned that Miosha's like chopping off her doll's heads and thinking right. that's art, which it can be. Which it can be. It really can be. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because my, my parents, they felt like there was something to it, but that, you know, they're like, she's she's making really cool little tapes and artwork with it so let's just watch it and see so they were very supportive on that and then when I you know got a certain age I was like all right so I really want to do this and they were super supportive they're like whatever you want to do we're here Um, however we can support you well so I think from then I I started to you know YouTube I would make a lot of like short films and I would post them on YouTube and like I would edit my short films, I would cut them, so post them, work. upload oh them. Gosh. And I was all the characters. So <laughs> so is that. So it's that kind of thing. And I would post them on, on YouTube and I would I was I was starting to get like followers. Yeah. People were like, This is so good, like very cool idea. This is great. You should keep making them. And so I was like, Okay, I think I can do yeah. this. So that was literally the beginning. I, I grew my channel to like sixteen thousand followers. Mm-hmm. Was getting like thousands of views I was pretty impressed yeah. I was like okay don't you think like when you've decided to be an artist like that yeah. path is not a smooth path so the more folks that are like hey you can do it even if it's like I'm sharing your video because I I think it's worthy of sharing then you're like okay all right I think I've got right. got something were you were you slow and steady like in your journey because I know like you wear a lot of hats you know you have like actor, editor, DOP, director, writer, producer, probably craft services and <laughs> costumes in there as well. But like, was it slow and steady with your with your path? Did you ever waver along the way? I never wavered, thank God. But there were there were times when, you know, it was ca- kind of quiet. So there were mm-hmm. those times, you know, you're go, 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 and then there's nothing. And then you go, yep. go, go again. And then there's like another, like a little quiet space. And I always just wanted to go, 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 go. <laughs> I didn't want yeah, to be starting. But I feel like those were the moments where I had to like reassess and, and think about, okay, what I want to do next. And then just opportunities yeah. just started to, I mean, really, they, they just started coming. It was kind of crazy. Like, I think when I made the move to come to LA, I knew no one, you know, I had no yeah. idea how I was going to work. I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to come on a leap of faith and I'm going to go for it so I remember this yeah. guy on Facebook thank god for Facebook yeah. he was like hey you know when you get to LA if you ever here call me and I called him when I went when I got to LA so I bought this 
crap car. I was in Colorado Springs at the time and I drove from Colorado Springs to LA. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna call this guy. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, I'm here. And he's like, hey, you should come to my house. Here's my address. Come over. Obviously, okay. I tell people don't do what I did because <laughs> that I mean, you're writing the start of a horror film right now, but yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I go to this to his house and nice guy. He's like, come on in. I show him my reel. I have my laptop open up, show him my reel, what I've done so, you know, so far. And he's like, I love your tenacity. I love your spirit. Love your drive. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, my, of myself. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, I remember, I remember being your age and wanting that and having that drive. And he said, I like it. He's like, how about you start tomorrow? He's like, come on set tomorrow. We'll be here. And I'm like, okay. So literally the next day I'm on a music video set for Buster Rhymes and. Oh my gosh. Insane. Insane. It's, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Cause that could have gone two ways. He could have like you could have got married, he could have murdered you, or you could have <laughs> ended up on the set for Buster Rhymes. Three ways. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. Like, I kind of picture you with all the different things that you can do as if it was a soundboard, and you're like, oh, I'm going to turn up the volume of my acting. Oh, now I have to turn up the volume yeah. of my editing. Is yes. that what you did? Yeah. Tell me, you know, tell me how you chose that those paths. Well, you know, at, at a time when I was making short films, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a young teenager and I didn't know who to go to to like edit my stuff. So I just yeah. start, I went on YouTube and I learned how to do it and use programs and I got a, a book and I just started figuring out how to do it and self-taught myself mm-hmm. how to edit my, my projects to get them out there because, you know, really, I think the biggest thing is figuring out how to get it done and then mm-hmm. where to, where, where, where was, where's it going to live? So then once I got the editing down, I was like, okay, so I got to figure out how you can self-distribute stuff, like how to put your own work and make money yeah. yourself. And I figured, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, these, you know, there's a lot of platforms nowadays that, that offers uh, distributions for projects, whether it's short films, features. I started to just study and figure that out and talk to certain filmmakers and friends, like how, you know, what they're doing. And that's how the whole, like wearing a lot of hats come in because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to learn, know it all really just because I'm like okay I mean I don't want to do this forever <laughs> you know editing yeah. but or these other hats but I, I knew if I wanted to to grow and mm-hmm. to get more opportunities I had to I guess know know these things somewhat right yeah I mean it's so smart but I hear what you're saying like I don't want to do that forever like <laughs> we do the things that we need to do to produce the projects we like Yes. Uh, where, where do you think you get that? That kind of, as you said, that tenacity, that kind of inner fire. Where do you think you you learned that from? I think I got that kind of from my mom, in a way. My mom is a very strong woman, and I think I think when I sometimes I think about it, like I'm like, you know, how you look in the mirror and you're like, you don't want to become your parents, but you're like, I'm so my mom. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can't fight it. Just embrace it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I think I get that to my mom I mean my dad of course he's you know he's a great but I think my mom she's been through a lot you know uh, as, a, as a woman mm-hmm. and then her story and where she's come from to where she is now it's it's mm-hmm. like night and day so yeah my mom yeah what's her name I always love hearing people say the names uh, of people they love <laughs> Julie Julie yeah that leads into another thought I had about your stepping into activism. Do you feel like because you were the daughter of Julie, that was a just inevitable? 
like you were always going to be an artist but an activist artist was something that you had to do because of your upbringing with your your mom and dad I never thought of it like that but yeah I, I think I think now the more I uh the older I get, I do see myself going into that direction of like, you know, I just don't want to make movies just to make movies. Um, I mm -hmm. feel like that now I want to like kind of talk about some things, you know, like kind of contribute to the world and the little bit I can. Mm -hmm. So that's where it seems like I'm going yeah, with my, mm -hmm. my career now. Like I want to talk about really important things. Yeah. Did something ignite that for you? Like, was there a moment where you're like, I can't, I can't just make movies. I have to make movies with a message. Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> I got to see the good, mm -hmm. the yeah. not so good part of it. Mm -hmm. And, and I was just like, oh my God, like, this is not good. Like we have to change mm -hmm. it. Can you so, share any of those not so good stories that challenged you to, to get cracking? So I remember this, this producer guy, I was working with him for about a good six, seven months and it happened to me. So I don't know, somewhere between, I don't know, the end of the six, seven months of knowing him he, and he's married, you know, he kind of got, he's like, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I think you're very attractive. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, listen, you know, we're here to work. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's get stuff done. But then it, it became an ultimatum. He was like, like, mm. if you want to move up in the ranks, you have to oh X, Y, and Z. And if you don't do this, you're not going to have a job. So, yeah, there was, yeah, I had to make a choice. And it was yeah, hard. It's a fork in the road. Yeah, the pay was good. The pay was mm -hmm. very good, <laughs> you know. So, and I had to think about it. I was like, so do I say yes? And then mm -hmm. all the other women that are going to go through this too, like, cause it's mm -hmm. not just me. I'm sure there's other women. No, that done this. no. As soon as Miosha, as soon as you said, there was this guy producer, I went, I know where this is going. Like it's just <laughs> inevitable where you're working together and you think, oh, we have a great collaboration type yes. of relationship. And then something turns and you're like, oh, fuck, does it have to yeah. go like this? And it's so disappointing. It is. It is. So you're yeah. like, oh, I thought you were, thought you were the good one. Thought you were one of the good guys. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, it's like, they're a guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some, definitely there's some good guys out there, but there's yeah. also folks that um, use their power for evil <laughs> instead of good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I literally walked away. I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take this. You could have your money. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, you made the biggest mistake of your life. You're never going to, mm -hmm. you know, work in this town again. Like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. I walked away. And that was, and that was tough. Yeah. But like in retrospect, how, how's your heart with that choice? It's better now because I've, I've I, I keep, I'm, I'm still working and I don't have yeah. to compromise my beliefs or my standards for, you know, a paycheck. I don't have to. I think it's the quote unquote good route, <laughs> I guess you want to mm -hmm. say is it's a bit harder, but it's definitely worth it. I mean, there's so many women that I meet that have gone through something mm -hmm. like that. And also men, but definitely yeah. a lot of women that I know. And, and it's, it's really sad. You know, I'm, an, I'm in a position now I can help other women. I can employ women and mm -hmm. have it like, like mostly women crew. I try to at least. Right? Yeah, because we're here. We can do it too. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, yeah. The, yeah. that's my, my, my goal. 
I mean, I love it so much. Like Winnie and I were talking about you before I started chatting and we're like, how many, how many editors, DOPs, directors, writers even uh, are either women and women of, uh, of color? Yeah. It's, like there's so yeah. few. I don't think I've ever worked. I, mean, I think I can count on one hand that I've worked with women, DOPs, uh, editors, wow. for sure, not a lot of women. But now, do you feel like a responsibility for that kind of path? Like, what what kind of made you go? Oh no, we gotta we gotta move forward with 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 force here. Yeah, yeah, I do feel like there's I have a bit of responsibility. Recently, I was at this Q and A thing for a film, and one of the ladies stands up and she's like, "Hey, you know, I think what you're doing is so great, representing for the the women and the women of color." And I'm just like, you know, you feel like this pressure. You're like, oh my god, I don't yeah. want to like fail them, you know. So yeah. hopefully, my my job is that I'm doing them justice, you know, women and women of color, because yeah. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big one though. Like I hear, I see, I see you. And I also feel that I don't know the responsibility. Like, I don't feel like I'm just making choices for myself in my career, but I'm making choices for other, other women. And yeah. then you're also making choices for other women of color. So how do you carry that? You just have to, because there's, there's so much, there's so much work to be done. I mean, there's, the pay, you know, there's, there's so much, I'm like, I was on a set (laughs) recently, Uh, it was this horror thriller set, we were shooting it in Topanga, and most -hmm. of the guys, you know, producer guys are are men, and you know, they would just, they would make these, these really weird jokes, very sexual jokes, and there are women around, you know, and I'm just like, like, hey guys, maybe take that over there with the guys not yeah. not when all the women are because it's making every the women feel uncomfortable and they're like oh miosha you gotta like laugh a bit i'm like yeah well it's uh. to them it's not funny so and i'm just trying to like be respectful and it, it's just that kind of stuff you know that you have to mm-hmm. remind people like and, and these are grown these are like I men know. who have families and kids and it's like i often say to people like oh i think you meant to keep that thought inside your head instead of verbalizing it because it's super offensive and then that whole like oh it's just we're just being funny I'm like you know what I think we might have different senses of humor (laughs) exactly Exactly. I think the journey that I see that you're on gosh I feel like I feel like the weight as as a as a woman in this community (laughs) challenging and then I think about like you going like no we have to have more people of color and women of color in horror films like I that when when I read that article I was like man, you're right. We only have horror films with people of color if it's got something to do with like racism or like yes. slavery. And like, yep. that has to, that's, that's just nonsense. Tell me a success story where you like saw something that you did that somebody was like, oh, like, thank you. This has been such a, a leg up. So I did this film. It wasn't a horror movie, but it, it was actually an action film and it was called Anatomy of an Antihero. Mm-hmm. Yes. So my my friend Alan, he's the writer, Alan De La B. He's out in France, and he sends it to me. He's like, "Hey, how do you feel about directing an action film?" I'm like, "You know, I hate action movies. Like, I don't like, like I hate it. I despise action movies. Yeah. I hate Marvel. It's not my thing. Sorry, Marvel. Right. You guys are great. No, it's just not your thing. That's all right. It's not my cup of tea. And I told him, I said, "Listen, I'm not really into that." And He's like, just check it out. Let me know what you think about it. So I read it. And of course, I've known him now for about 10, 10 years, 10 plus years. And I'm like, 
all right, let's, let's, let's give it a try. You know, so do something that you're not used to. Why not? Uh-huh. You know? And you'll, mm-hmm. just, you might discover something in that. So I did it. So originally it was going to be a series. It turned into a feature. And so Alan and I, we talked, he said, I want most of the women to be African-American women. I was like, wow. And I never, I didn't mention it, but he said that. And I was mm-hmm. actually blown away mm-hmm. that he was thinking that already and I was like like, so I'm like why and he was just like I want the main character to be a woman African you know African-American woman I I want you know I want my part my my partner to be an African-American man I was just like wow like I didn't have to say much but he was already thinking that and that was very refreshing to know that I mean that doesn't have to just have to be African it it can be someone who's from India you know but someone of color some you know and I was like that'd be great so we went into that and, you know, we finished the movie and a lot of women were like, oh, wow, I never thought, I've never like seen a, a, a one of the act- actresses, uh, Christina, she plays one of the, she plays a villain sort of, but also good guys. So you don't really know mm-hmm. what she is, but, but she's an African-American actress. She reminds me a little bit of Angela Bassett, but a lot okay. of the women were like, oh my God, this is so refreshing to see, you know, a woman who's handling a gun, who looks sexy, who's smart. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that, you know, so, so that was really cool. We got a lot of good reviews on that and, and yeah. that was, that was awesome. So I was very happy. Do you feel like as you're a writer too, like, do you feel like you have to challenge yourself to like change your casting? What I mean by that is like, I, I remember writing a film with my husband and we wrote the film and I looked at all the roles and there were like, you know, maybe 12, 12 roles and two of them were women and nice. I wrote it so two of them were women and I was like I don't like either one of those parts I wouldn't want to par- play either one of those parts so we went through it and changed like half of the guys to girls and then I was like oh that sounds fun and that sounds fun but it was like I don't even know what it is like I've got the wrong training to even write my own scripts do you find that mm-hmm. I know what you mean yeah because because yeah. I think it's I think it's just something that's innately in it like we all just kind of when we're writing we I don't think we're just we're consciously thinking about that. I think we're just yeah. trying to write a story. And then I think once we like look back, we're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the weirdest thing to have to retrain your own brain to put yourself as the yes. lead. <laughs> yes. Right? When you're like, of course yes. I should be the lead. I'm Yosha. <laughs> right? <laughs> do you feel like it's funny like what like what stories are you drawn to and is there a story that you feel like you revisit like I kind of feel like as we are artists there there's stories in my creations that I have to revisit until I feel like a it's mm-hmm. told the way I want to or b I've reckoned mm-hmm. with it do you find that yeah 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 so I like I like what Jordan Peele what Jordan Peele oh my did. gosh you know, yeah I like what he's doing like it obviously that can never happen get out right yeah we know that but the fact that who comes up with that that kind of storyline yeah it's freaky so but also so good so good so good so what do you think that story is that you want to retell I did a film called Miss Pepper Mm -hmm. I I wrote it and it's about this woman who's a writer she has to finish her book so I basically I shot this film and I put it out and I loved it and I played the character and I, I put it out on YouTube and it did really well. And I was like, well, I, I want to make the, if I get some money, I want to remake this mm-hmm. again, but starring someone else, um, mm-hmm. not, not me. I don't think, I think I did okay, but yeah, I want to do that again. 
Yeah. What was the heart of the story that you connected to that needs to be told again? I was really depressed. I think because some uh, there was a death in the family, and I wrote mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it it was that was tough. Yeah, that was tough to make. Yeah. So, and I haven't been there. I haven't been in that mindset in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, came out great because I was there. Yeah. I was in that mode. So, yeah. Yeah, like re- like visiting the story of depression. Like I feel like that is something that everybody can relate to, but mm-hmm. it challenges the artist to dive into it. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to live in. I mean, do you feel like you're not ready to maybe dive into that kind of state again? Because yeah, of, no, because of the difficulties. Yeah, no, that was dark. I was there. I was I was living in there that for for a minute, but the fact I used that, you know, to make a product, like to make tell the story. Yeah. I felt like it was a good story. I, I love to do it again, but I don't want to be, I don't want to go there again. I feel like a lot of actors yeah. do that, right? A lot of actors, when they get a role, whether it's like the chain, the change, was it the changeling? The changeling mm-hmm. with, with Angelina mm-hmm. Jolie, you know, just to even to live there. Her son is just yeah. like, is taken to go to yeah. that place emotionally. Sometimes you don't get out. So I feel like that's a challenge. Like it is sort of a commitment to a, a dark space that I, I don't know, like, as I say, like I do a little bit of drama, but it's mostly comedy. So if I take comedy <laughs> home, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, right. It's actually beneficial. But if yeah. I take like that kind of weight, uh, how, how do you sort of wash yourself of that weight at the end of the day? I, right. I don't think it's easy. It's not. I mean, I, I, I think I've heard of like a few actors that have gone there. It's like, it's some have never actually got out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. but in the same way like I look at your work and I'm like how do you how do you wash off the horror at the end of the day like is that totally different for you I feel like it's different I feel like that I feel like the, the horror genre is so different than like taking a real life story and telling a, the story about a woman who's dealing with abuse or a woman mm-hmm. who's dealing with you know I don't know just real life situations versus something that yeah. obviously can never like you know we know Jason is not real you know but it's I mean <laughs> I hope not but I, I I like sleeping so I like to not think about it too much yeah no I feel that I feel that <laughs> yeah but when you're working on a project how do you get through those times that you're you're blocked? Like either it's writing or directing, like you can't see the way. How do you open your head up and, and keep going? Um, that's a good question. I have a I have a mentor. I have a few have a few mentors that I kind of talk to when I get mm-hmm. a little blocked. I like I'm like, am I crazy right now? Like look, I'm I'm not mm-hmm. seeing <laughs> um not seeing any any way out of this, you know, and I mm-hmm. and I would call them. So I have a I have a few people that I can call on and who's been in the industry for a while and I can kind of, kind of unload <laughs> on, mm-hmm. and and they're okay with that. So that's help. That's helpful. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. I just uh, I kind of step away from it for a bit and just live life. I sometimes that that mm-hmm. that helps too. Yeah. So that those are the things that help me. Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes, like I have such a um, a DNA of just get back to work just work harder. Like if if something's not working, just work harder. Whereas I think what you said, like stepping away is super important. Has there been a time in your life where you like purposely took a break to get your brain open? 
Yes, 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 yes. I was doing a lot of music videos at the at, at the beginning when I came to LA. Mm-hmm. So I was shooting like Chris Brown, Billy Idol, you know, all kind of things. It was really great. And then I was like, all right, now let's do features. So changing yeah. routes to do feature yeah. films. But I took a little bit of a pause after this one feature I did. I could give <laughs> give you the premise. Uh, I didn't... I, I shot, I shot the film and the guy who got me on board, it was, the story was about this husband and wife, they're having problems in their relationship and the wife ends up sleeping with their son. So it deals with incest. Okay. Really wild story. I was like, whoa. And, you know, I took it because I was like, well, you know, there were a few, you know, big names on it and it was going to be on my reel as far as like cinematography work. So, but after that, I was, I was burned out and I was like, no, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break because I was just, it was just a lot. Go, 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 go. So I was, I purposely was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to take a break and do what I like to do. Nothing to do with the film world. So I I went back and I visited my family, stuff like that. Yeah. How did you open your brain up? I went to see my my parents. I just kind of got some, you know, and I got home cooked meals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I got mm-hmm. that that loving support system. My parents, mm-hmm. and uh, it was nice to live this the the chill, relaxed life because you know they they live mm-hmm. on like a well. There's a lot of acres, and there's there's my mom has a garden, and you know, it's it's that life for I I did yeah. that for at least. A month and I was like all right nice. I'm good I'm ready I'm, yeah. my, my batteries are charged <laughs> recharged yeah and I went back to LA was it hard to get back into the groove I only say that because <laughs> I feel like this pandemic gosh I've been like living outside <laughs> of the city and I'm like I don't know if I want to go back like did you have a hard time adjusting to the city life again yeah yeah it was like whoa everything seemed so fast because everything was like slow, <laughs> slowed down. It was like, you know, whoa, <laughs> it was a little bit of an adjustment, but I, I got two, three days. I was back into it. It was, it was good. Yeah. Everyone's like, Hey, you're back. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. let's do this. Let's do that. But yeah, the, the, I mean, the pandemic, that was, that was pretty crazy. That was bad. Yeah. That How did you manage bad. your way through the pandemic as a creator? You know, as as artists, we have to just adjust with time. You know, we have to adjust sure. with, with with whatever that life throws at us. We have to just figure it out. That's what we do. And I decided to start a podcast, which was interesting to talk to like filmmakers from around the world. And like, uh-huh. what are you guys doing? Like right now, <laughs> like what? Do you, and it's literally yeah. just me talking to filmmakers from everywhere. And it just, it gave me a peace of mind too. Like, okay, we're not, I'm not in this alone. Like we're yeah. all feeling this. So that was very nice. Yeah. That was very helpful for, helpful for me. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I mean, I think this is why we've been pushing through with firecracker stuff because it is so, it's so helpful to hear folks and how they're getting through the journey as a creative yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, and I know like, do you remember when it first, like the pandemic first hit and people were like, start writing scripts because people are going to want pitches. And so people were like panic writing, like they were just constantly writing. And then that instigated like people just panicking about like how much they were creating. And then some people are like, just relax, just watch The Office 24 hours a day and enjoy yourself. 
And I think there's probably a happy medium in there, but right, right. It's tough. It's tough. Great show. Great show. Yeah. Great way to get away, Great get show. through the pandemic for sure. What were you watching during the pandemic? So we moved to, because uh, we were living in LA and then we left and moved back to Canada because my pop wasn't well. And so oh, sorry. I was watching, I was watching stuff to like, yeah, he passed away sadly, but we had the last six months together, which was oh. incredible. So I was watching things to like turn off my brain mm. because it was so intense. So I was a lot watching a lot of RuPaul, a whole <laughs> bunch of RuPaul. Oh yeah. Super love that. And then The Office. I feel like The Office are like a bunch of friends that are just around trying to make me laugh and they're doing a great job. Um, and then I was creating, you know, like I was trying to create something that would inspire me to keep going on it. So I have a couple of projects that are still in development that way. Did you find it hard to sort of find your find your people on Zoom and when we were on lockdown and things like that? Well, kind of sort of hard. I was I was a part of this writer's group. It was like 12 mm -hmm. different director writers. Um, we had like a group that we we kind of formed during the pandemic. And we were mm -hmm. coming up with, a, with like, we're trying to come up with like a, a, a an anthology that we can all kind of write something together. And and basically we did, it took us through this entire pandemic. And then I guess once we're kind of, we're out of it, we finished, we finished the anthology. Um, and now we're at the, 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 the pitch deck right now. So we're excited about that. So that was cool, mm -hmm. having a group of people to to kind of lean on and still be creative with during the pandemic. So that that was nice. That was very refreshing for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard, you know, like sometimes where, uh, you know, the quote, like, turn your broken heart into art. But sometimes you can't. Like, you have to, like, reach out to your community to sort of support you to to take that step. How did you navigate through the uh, like the George Floyd murder and the Black Lives Matter surge. How, how is that? Were you able to like push through into creativity or were you, you know, truthfully like just shocked into a place of, of uh, needing to self-care? Yeah. Especially with the, you know, that the George Floyd, I mean, a lot of my friends called and, and everyone called, they were like, did you see this video? And I'm like, honestly, I don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I want to see it. Um, mm -hmm. But then I, I some, it was playing everywhere and then you had no choice but to see it. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, yeah. holy crap. So a friend of mine was like, hey, we should do like a short and kind of about it. And I'm like, what are you, what are you thinking? And, and they were like, how about we, we make a short instead of having it, let's switch the roles. And I was like, do you, do you think that's going to push hate or do you think that's going to mm. push a different message because I, I don't want yeah. people to think oh I'm doing it out of like oh I hate you know right. <laughs> white guy you know yeah. the white cops or that's not what we're trying to say so we we shot we shot this short PSA video and you know if it was anyone else would we get that kind of response you know if it was some if it was someone else and yeah I've had a lot of people like were a part of the discussion so I felt like that was good we were mm -hmm. making it more of like an educational thing. So mm -hmm. I think it brought peace to a lot of people. Well, not just peace, but it, it brought people at least a little more clarity and understanding. Mm -hmm. And also I think the government, I don't know. I just, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist. I think that the government okay. always, okay. they like to, I don't know. It's all, it's almost like there are really good things that are happening in the world, right? Like sure. but we see a yeah. lot of negative things. It's almost as if yeah. 
we see all the negatives, but then, and, and then we don't see any positive things like ever on the news or, so it's kind of sad. Like, you're just like, you can't tell me that there are not good things happening in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do you battle that? How do you battle? Like when you get inundated with the negativity of uh, around you? I I just don't watch the news. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I'll just hear from a friend. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. just like, I can't do the news. People are dying, you know, it's just like, I can't, I mean, and I think if the more you consume yourself with anything that's negative or that you're going to become that part, you're going to become negative. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have to mm-hmm. continue to put positive things within me. Yeah. Um, so I now <laughs> connect the dots for me on that to your horror films. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, okay, so most of my horror films are, I wouldn't say uh, Jordan Peele-esque, but in a way, in a no, way. No, I would say they're like get out quality. Like they had their story first, horror second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I try, right? to do story, yeah. I try to do story first and then the horror second. Yeah. You know, but I think it's easier to receive something when something's scary versus something that's serious. Yeah. Right? Don't you think? Yeah. People, people mean- are more open to receive it. I don't yeah. know why. Well, I think it's similar to comedy then, isn't it? Like where yes. people are laughing and then they're like, oh, wait a second. What am I laughing at? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just how we receive information. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think comedy for sure. You can, you can educate someone through comedy easily. Yeah. And they'll laugh, yeah. but then they'll also think about it. Like, oh, like I said, why did I laugh? Yeah. So at the same time, it's, it's entertaining, but I'm also subconsciously I'm learning. Yeah. So yeah. Tricked, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so I think yeah. that that's the thing that the horror genre I think can do. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh what's on your plate next? What's the emails you're opening up first that's exciting you? Um, I'm I'm really excited about this this anthology with the the yeah. the, the directors, writers uh, group that I'm in. Um, I really can't say much about it, but it's it's something we it's inspired by the pandemic for sure okay um uh it's very educational very creepy very scary but it's you're gonna you're gonna walk away thinking wow like that was almost what we're like that's that that's what it seems like we're in like i think everybody Mm -hmm. now like feels like this is the end we're in living in the end of the world right now most people are like, yeah, what is actually you. happening? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? right. You know, it's like over a year. I thought this was going to be two months. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. So mm-hmm. we're not really sure where we're going with this, but but the film's done and we we're we're excited to, to pitch it. We've been pitching it around places. So, yeah, it's it's going to be really, yeah. really good. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you do. Like, I, I love I mean, I love these discussions so much for my own brain, but I love sharing this with folks because I do think, you know, I think that we, uh, I don't know. I don't think we exercise our brain enough as far as like casting goes and as far as crew goes. Like I think sometimes it's whatever's easiest because there's so much going on when you're producing a film that you go, oh, like just just hire whoever as opposed (laughs) to giving it some real like mindful thinking. As you said, like let's have an all female crew. I mean, I, I buy that. I know you do too. <laughs> Heck yeah. 
we do a script department reading of uh, people's uh, screenplays and pilots. We had, we had a Western script and Farah Morani, who does a lot of the casting uh, with the script department as well as her team, cast like a bunch of like South Asian and then also Asian folks as cowboys. And I was like, yes, like it was so exciting, not only to see these actors like they got to play parts they normally wouldn't, but then also to just go, hey, like shake it up. Why this just can't, it's 2021, we can shake it up. Do you have any advice for folks as they're like moving into crew, like putting together their crew or casting? Yeah, I love it. I love that. Shake it up. Shake it up. Do things that we've, we're not used to seeing. You know, yeah. like you said, a Western with Asians? Why not? Why not? Or, you know, like a, a martial arts guy who's, let's say, African-American, who's a Chai sure. Chi guy. Why not? Like, let's yeah. do something different. Okay, I've never seen a woman assassin who's African-American. I don't know. I haven't seen that um, yet. No, no, I think you're right. There's it's been it's been other women before, you know, uh, Charlize Theron, I think Kate Beckinsale yeah. and some others. But I haven't seen. No, I can't think of anything like that. Uh, yeah. Jennifer Gardner. There's a lot of films, but I haven't seen that yet. And so, you know, why not? Let's let's change it yeah. up. Let's just mix it. I up. I think you are, though. I think you are mixing it up, not only like off screen, but behind the cameras as well. I do. I think you're making changes that will reverberate for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I try. <laughs> it's well worth the weight on your shoulders. <laughs> thank you. Just think like years from now, they'll get, you'll get like little, little ladies uh, looking at your work <laughs> and being like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I think that's really exciting. That's exciting. That's all for the, the next generation. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 Don't screw it up. Next generation. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to wrap it up with a couple of things. We do the turn the table where you get to ask me a question. And I know yes. you're a host, so I know you do this kind of stuff too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm game for it. All right, so I have a question. It's a bit, it's, a, it's, it's kind of funny, but. All right. So is it true that all Canadians are the sweetest people? Yeah, people say sorry and are kind a lot in Canada, but so are they in America. My gosh, <laughs> I think it, it goes all over the place. <laughs> I love it. And my, my second question to you would yeah. be, what keeps you motivated? I'm motivated a lot by fun. Okay. Like I'm motivated by finding the fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like I've had such great experiences with in comedy and doing shows that are comedic that I'm like, I want more of that. I want to surround myself with fun people. So mm -hmm. I, I get motivated by that. I'm also motivated by by making a difference. Like I really do think that, uh, you know, something like the firecracker department and, and the work that the whole core team is doing yeah. can make a difference. And I see it, I see it happening. So um, it's sort of like when you said that people were interested in your YouTube videos and you're like, oh, I'm gonna make <laughs> some more of those. Like we've had some folks reach out to us with firecracker department saying, hey, this really made a difference to me. I'm like, oh, we're gonna do a little bit more of that then. So um, yeah, fun and purpose, yeah. I think. What about I'm, you? What motivates you? Oh, that's a good question. I know uh, it was yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I do say so myself. I gotta say, just I think my my parents definitely motivate me. Mm. Yeah, it's really it's really them. Yeah, they motivate me. Yeah. 
what was their what was their backgrounds like? Do they did they come from art from the art world? It's my mom was a she was a basketball player. She was gonna have a full no scholarship. Kidding. Her mom didn't want her to do that, you yeah. know. And that time, it's like, oh, you're not, you're a woman, you can't do that. And she could have went on to do, you know, to be a pro basketball player. But wow, yeah, that didn't work yeah. out. <laughs> so she doesn't hold anything back on us. She's like, whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, do. yeah, that's pretty motivating for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I also wanted to ask you that like your question about Canada is everybody is nice but then I'd be like is it true about America like is all Americans do all Americans own guns and like <laughs> um drink beers out of their back of their car and that's say, hilarious no. <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> no. no I think every Canadian person I've met they're the nicest people the nicest no. people Hands they're down. good folks but we're not without <laughs> without scars and without mistakes oh wow. okay I have one more question What's the best advice that you've you've like mm. ever got? Is be kind. Like to just turn up and be kind to people. Like I feel like kindness will always rise above everything. And I think you can be like the most talented in the world. And if you're not kind, I don't want to work with you. And in the same way, I think if you're a little bit talented, but you're super kind, I'm interested in working with you. And, and like in your career. What's the yeah. I see. I love that. What I about you? That. What's your best advice? That's good. I like, I think that's yeah. the same thing too for me. I, I Definitely be kind, you know, because like you said, you're right. Most people don't want to, like if you're kind, I, honestly, it's it's true. If people like working with people they yeah. like. Like what are we doing, right? Like look <laughs> yeah. at the work that you're putting in just in like your individual projects, but not only as an artist, but as an activist, like it's too hard. If you're not working with people that you like. Yeah. That's so yeah. true. So true. All right. Well, I like you. I'd work I with agree. you any old day. I'm going to wrap it up with the oh. firecracker <laughs> wrap up questions. So fill in the blank. Uh, okay. To me, a firecracker is. Strong woman. Love it. Love it. What do you want to be best known for? A woman who made a difference. I love that. If this was a movie, so if your life was a movie and we're just about to roll credits, what has been like a turning point for you? Like a point that changed the rest of your life forever? When I met Bill Dukes and he interviewed me, he literally, the same reason why I do what I do to make a difference is the same, like he's starting a network about that, about changing yeah. uh, the narrative and, and you know, uh, showcasing people who want to make a difference. And I thought, oh, mm -hmm. there are people out here that want to do it. Yes, so refreshing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that one for sure. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, what's something that people don't know about you? Mmm. I love to eat. <laughs> what? What's your favorite I can go -to? eat. Oh man, I can smash burgers every day. I can eat a burger every day easy easy peasy what's been your best mistake and what did you learn from it best mistake Ooh, <laughs> my first roommate <laughs> nice here in los angeles <laughs> yeah 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 and i learned that you don't I feel like I'm bringing up a whole bunch of things I see your face right now. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. If you live with a man, a male roommate, make sure he's gay. 
Yeah. Okay. I see. I see where that went. All right. What's something that you haven't done, but you know you have to do? Oh, I would love to uh, scuba dive. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Right. You, so you'll send me pictures. Yeah. Have um, to. <laughs> speaking of like power, where, where do you feel like you find your power? Mm. I find my power within, deep within. It's in there. Mm-hmm. We all have it. We just have to unlock it. And like, you know, it's, it's that time when you, when you quiet the noise around you and then you just mm-hmm. meditate and you center yourself, then you'll find it. Yeah. Do you meditate? Yes, I do. You have to in this industry. If you don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Sometimes you definitely need agreed. it. <laughs> well, we talked about what the best advice. What what has been the worst advice you ever got? Oh, someone said you don't need a plan B. <laughs> I know I've heard that too. That's like an artist quote that has reverberated for centuries, saying that if you have a plan B, then you shouldn't be an actor. Yeah, I was like, well. Uh. <laughs> well, guess what? Your plan B has made you into an editor, producer, director, writer. So suck it. <laughs> um, who's a firecracker in your life? Who's somebody that you'd like to give a shout out to? I would love to get a shout out to my mother, Julie. Julie yeah, Bean. Firecracker. The one and only. Yeah. And also to all the firecrackers that you know i mean that's kind of i want to hear about julie can you give me a little description of like something that your mother typically does that you're like oh man she's she's out of this world she is someone that can literally she's super uh super spiritual super super um in tune with with herself Mm -hmm. and just she meditates she's very just centered and Mm -hmm. i just i want to be more like that you know, because sometimes I can get all like, ah, you know, and I'm like, OK, let me find my center again. But she's yeah. always very center. And I'm I'm so I'm trying to be like her. Well, I also think that it's part of your charm that sometimes you can be ah, and then you come <laughs> back. Like, I think it's part of the bean charm. The bean. I love it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, my final question is advice, advice you would have given to your younger, your younger self. Oh, yeah, that's a good one to not take things too seriously for Mm -hmm. sure. I didn't really get to to be a teenager because I was worried about Mm. my career so early. Yeah. And even as a teenager, you're like, I got to think about my career. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, whoa, what am I doing? I should be able to have ice cream outside with the kids. And I didn't do that. So yeah, I was taking. Are you doing it now? I am now for sure. I'm taking, taking time to smell the roses, as they say. Mm-hmm. Burgers every day, my friend. You know, this is how I keep my shape. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I mean, the Zoom shoulders up. Nobody has any idea what's going shoulders no down. No one knows what's happening down here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I think you're just the best. I'm so glad that we had time together and I love seeing all your work online. And I I hope that this inspires folks to go and see it and share it and get inspired by it. And I'll be following along to see what your next project entails. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, I'll I'll carry Apple boxes if you ever need like some help (laughs) on set. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm Deal. in your corner. Deal. Okay. Same, All right. same, same. Let's keep in touch. I just loved talking with Miosha and by the end, I think we'd committed to doing some sort of project together because that's the energy, you know, like you see people that are passionate about what they're creating and you want to be around that. You want to not only contribute to it, but you also want to let that fuel your projects. And gosh, Miosha is absolutely a catalyst of artistic creation. You can follow Miosha at Miosha Bean Official. Go over to realwomensnetwork.com to watch not only Anatomy of an Anti-Hero Redemption, but all the different films that our firecrackers have created. MVB Films presents Horror Films Short Stories Volume 2 feature film can also be found on Amazon Prime later this year. And of course, make sure you're just following Real Women's Network. Find them on Instagram at Real, R-E-E-L, Women's Network, or on Twitter at R-E-E-L, Women's, N-E-T-W, and the number one. In all cases, you know what? Just check out our show notes for your link. You're welcome. That's what we do. We'll be bringing you a new creator from the Real Women's Network every month. So watch out for these voices and check out what's available to stream right now at realwomensnetwork.com. And then stay tuned. Stay tuned on our socials at firecrackerdept for updates and all those announcements. Because then you're going to get everything you need. Go to firecrackerdepartment.com to ask questions, to have questions answered, and just to surf around and see who's involved in the core because they're all fantastic. All right, we'll see you next time on the Firecracker Department. Take care of yourselves. Winnie Wong is our Firecracker head producer. Follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong 8 on Twitter. Sydney Nielsen is our head of post-production and head writer. You can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen, Sydney like Australia, Nielsen like milk. This episode is edited by Shane Stoltz. You can follow them at Shane Stoltz, all one word, and Shane with a Y. The introduction for this episode was written by Sydney Nielsen and Winnie Wong. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advanced updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Now, whether you're a first time or a long time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you. We mean it. We really do. And we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps or it piques your curiosity or makes you want to stop and write something down, send it back to us or our Firecracker guest or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world, that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Share it because it just reverberates, you know? If you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity. So pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you. Yeah, you. Sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time. <laughs>